Buenos dias. Welcome to the People Power Everything podcast. I am your host, John Dallas, and I believe that there is power in the masses. The goal of this podcast is to talk about that power, how we can help it manifest itself for all of us, and some lessons I've learned along the way. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's podcast, or article reading, as it were. This week is called Barber's Insight, Unleashing Potential Through Effective Communication, which may sound a little weird, but you'll see, it makes all sense. This week, I had my monthly personal grooming appointment with my barber. You know how it is, got to get the haircut. You may have heard about the wealthy barber. Mine is the emotionally intelligent barber. We've known each other for many years, too many years, and I'd be giving you way too much information if I told you how many. But was as with any good barber, our chats are legendary. As we went through all sorts of different subjects, he started to tell me about this weird but amazing little video where the speaker has puppets and talks about better ways to communicate. When I asked the guy's name, he said, Rosenberg, to which I responded, that's awesome. Marshall Rosenberg and nonviolent communication? He said, yeah, of course, you've read the book, haven't you? He knows me very well. I hadn't seen the video though, uh, and it runs a little over three hours, so it's not all that small, um, but it's a great learning session full of examples that can help us all to communicate much more effectively. I'll put the link in the show notes so you guys can go check it out. I'd suggest watching it over a few sittings, uh, taking lots of notes, and even getting the book to help um, because it's a really good reference. I have all sorts of sticky notes around my computer, uh, how to do this stuff and how to react, and uh, it gives me a pause when I'm maybe expressing anger, which uh, in the book that comes back as the first step is stop and breathe, um, which sometimes I need, not very often, but sometimes I do. And it's led me to be a better communicator, I think. So what is nonviolent communication? So I'll give you an idea here, um, but it's a communication framework aimed at promoting understanding, empathy, and collaboration. Empathy is a big one in there. But the key principles, there, there's basically four steps. And the first is observation. Start by observing and describing the situation objectively. Now that's important, very objectively without judgment or evaluation. This is a lot harder than it sounds. So if you say about somebody, he's mean to me, that's judgment. When he says, you know, John, you're ugly, <laughs> I feel sad instead. So it's objectively he said something and it's a direct quote. It's not, he's bitchy all the time. It's really something very specific. Or if I say, She's loud. That's judgment. She's louder than I'm comfortable with, but maybe in certain circumstances, she's not loud. That's my judgment. So I'll have to say something like, she's louder than I'm comfortable with. A more personal one is, my kid's always on their phone and watching videos. To which the response should be, really? Always? Like, does she... She, he doesn't eat, they don't shower, they don't see friends, they don't go to school, they don't you know, read, play video games, uh, go out, play sports, drive. They do nothing else. They're always on their phone, 
right? You get it. And I, I get what you're saying, but for you, maybe they spend too much time on their phone. Cool. That's your interpretation, your judgment. So it, there's no, uh, there should be no wrong or right here. It's all about just observable facts. Next, go to feeling. So acknowledge and express your feelings about an observed situation. Again, something happened, very specific. Here's what it made you feel. And it's important to distinguish feelings and thoughts and to use emotion words that reflect our own internal state. Again, more difficult than you think. <laughs> Saying something like, I feel mistreated or I feel used or I feel manipulated is not attributable to ourselves. It's a judgment of others. It's putting something on somebody else for making you feel that way. And in the end, we have to remember that our own feelings, there's nobody that can make us feel something. Our feelings are our own. And we may have different reactions depending on our past, uh, the situation, who's telling us. So people can go through the same circumstances and react in different ways. So this is very clearly our own feelings. We own them. And nobody can make us do anything either. We always have a choice. Now, the choice may suck. It might be I have a gun to my head and I need to give the robber money and I can say no. There's a risk to it. I get that. And you, you can say, well, I can't say no. Well, you can, but it, it's not a great choice, but there's always a choice. Next, identify the underlying needs or the values that are calling, causing the feelings. The need, needs are universal. They relate to our well-being, such as the need for respect, for safety, for autonomy, for connection. We all have these needs. So we want to identify what we need to feel better about the situation. <clears throat> so my daughter, I think, spends too much time on her phone. I'm going to express that feeling. It makes me feel concerned as a father that maybe I'm not doing my job. Um, I feel scared for her future. I have a, and then I have a need to make sure that I've given her all the tools to be an adult. I have a need to be, uh, to have that recognition that she'll be okay. So then last is a request. And this needs, again, clearly and specifically request something you would like to see happen to meet your needs. So if you say something like, the dishes weren't done last night and it made me feel, um, uncomfortable, angry, um, it made me feel disrespected, it made me feel, um, actually disrespected is probably not a good one because it puts on the other, it puts the feeling on the other person. So uh, you feel sad, I don't know, whatever else, uh, because I have a need for cleanliness and order. This is my need, it's not somebody else's and the other person can help me with that and my request would be after dinner or later in the evening before we go to bed, can we make sure that the dishes are done? Because in the morning, it just makes me feel down and it goes against my need for order in the morning when I get up. Um, that helps me motivate myself. So again, you're not putting it on the other person to, to 
be better or a judgment of right or wrong. It's simply something that had an effect on me and we talked about it and here's what I, here's my need. Um, but dive into a bit again, it's not about, uh, I need the other person to, uh, respect me. I need to feel respected. Cool. Uh, but how can they do that to help you? And it needs to be specific. It's not, you know, be a better person. I, you know, help me out here. How am I going to do that? Or be more considerate. Help me out here. Because my interpretation of considerate or what I think is considerate may not be the same as yours. And we're, we're all good people. <laughs> it's just in terms of behavior, we can behave badly. Um, as humans, this happens. So be very clear with, the feelings, the needs, uh, the, and the request. And by following that nonviolent communication process, so that's the process, and I encourage you to watch the video, go through the examples, buy the book, um, individuals can communicate more effectively. Uh, we foster empathy. We foster mutual understanding. And the aim in all this is to move away from language and communication patterns that contribute to conflict or that contribute to blame or defensiveness and instead create a space for open dialogue and resolving conflicts. Once we have a better idea of what the other person is feeling and their needs and what they're requesting us to do, they, generally speaking, when you get down to the actual needs, the solutions come by themselves. Um, and this is something that Rosenberg says in his training as well, is once you get to that, you pretty much can know what the resolution is. Um, and the emphasis on needs and feelings helps build connections, helps build cooperation. When you ask somebody about what are they feeling and what their needs and you care about them, you're creating a connection. So it's a valuable tool at home and at work in promoting positive and collaborative culture. I was also listening to a podcast this weekend um, called uh, it's the Formula One podcast uh, called Beyond the Grid. And I heard Andrea Stella, the team principal for McLaren. And he offered a profound insight that I think pairs very well with nonviolent communication and many parts of our lives. And he said, if you want to be part of our journey, something we said very clearly at McLaren is that you need to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because this journey is necessarily going to be uncomfortable. They're pushing boundaries and pushing limits in technology and how fast cars can go around a track. I mean, it's impressive the amount that's in invested and all the different uh, changes that they can make throughout the year to make their cars better. And McLaren was one of those cars that became a lot better this year. But overall, that statement really resonates beyond Formula One. It reaches into the heart of effective communication and collaboration within any organization. In the context of nonviolent communication, Stella's wisdom aligns with the fundamental principle of embracing discomfort as a catalyst for growth and understanding. It's when we're not comfortable that we're learning, that we're getting better. And nonviolent communication encourages us to confront challenging situations with an open heart. And that's it. Search for, it's, it's all about empathy. Empathy, yes. Empathy, about understanding what others feel, about caring about that. And people need to feel safe expressing it. We can all transform moments of discomfort into opportunities for learning and collaboration. Just as McLaren navigates the challenges of the racing circuit, 
Organizations can navigate their journeys by mastering the art of nonviolent communication. They can create a culture where discomfort becomes a stepping stone towards collective success and even enjoying the discomfort. Not about, you know, sadistic or masochistic tendencies. It's just about enjoying the fact that you're going to beyond, go beyond your boundaries. You're going to try stuff that you've never done before. And if you're a team member of mine and you're listening to this, get comfortable being uncomfortable because the nature of what we do, it's full of learning and change all the time. Our world is full of things we don't know yet. We can learn them. We're continuous learners. We know that there is always something new. And our biggest challenge is accepting that we will never know it all or be fully comfortable. We're just going to have to get to enjoy the discomfort. This is normal. It's part of our job. By the way, those who don't know, uh, I work in IT and my team works in IT. So it's always changing. There's always something new. Personally, that's what I find makes it really fun uh, is uh, building stuff, trying new things, learning. When things don't work, just trash it. Uh, I mean, we do it in a way that's uh, minimal investment to try things out. We do things called proof of concept. Um, Try it out, see if it sticks, doesn't stick, trash it. And do it quickly enough that your investment's minimal so you don't lose a bunch of money trying a bunch of things. Um, But you have to try. And if if you're not failing, if you're not doing something that just doesn't work some of the time, you're not trying hard enough and you're probably not learning. But we can make it enjoyable. We're people and people power everything. I hope you enjoyed that little, uh, I almost want to call it a diatribe. Uh, nonviolent communication is something that I learned a couple of years ago and it uh, changed the way I saw things. It changed my way of thinking about um, when people would tell me stories or their issues or their needs. Um, it made me do away with a bunch of judgment and it gave me a lot more control over my response to things. When I put aside judgment and I put aside evaluation of what other people are coming to me with, that's when I can actually appreciate everything they bring and I can connect with the other person. I can figure out what their needs are and how I can help um, and how I can think about my own needs and get them taken care of because... Overall, it's not about just being there for others. It's not about selflessness. It's about self-fullness, being giving naturally, which is our natural state. Our natural state is not to be at war with others. Our natural state is to give and to help. But we've grown up with a lot of the uh, competitiveness in a lot of different ways And we have this weird idea that if somebody is successful, that takes away from our success. It's not a win-lose, it's win-win. And if you can find that in your environment, then bravo, um, you'll be much happier and things will will go a lot more smoothly as well. So I hope you enjoyed that. Have a great week ahead. And uh, if you're going on holidays soon, happy holidays. I hope you have a good time and that you can get together with some friends, some family, 
um, and uh, spend time with your loved ones. Have a great week ahead. Talk to you soon.